It's the All Things Strange Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent Anderson and Agent Ether. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can find all of our wonderful links in the description on the link tree, where you can find our Discord, our Patreon, our merchandise, and more. This week's episode, The Bet's Mystery Sphere. How's it going there, Agent Ether? You're looking awfully pixelated tonight. Yes, I thought you were going to say pretty for a second. Boy, did you blow that one. Well, I can't tell. You just look like a blob on my screen. That's <laughs> very <laughs> rude. I don't think you should use the blob word around a woman, period. Oh, that's probably a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Click on your quality. No, well, let me do anything with the quality. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. So if you're joining us tonight live, I don't see anybody in the audience, but um, I'm not sure exactly how to find that right now. Oh, wait, let me click on chat, see if there's anybody in there. I don't think anybody's in here right now, but we are doing our first ever live video show. The way we're going to do this right now is we are going to be live on um, Patreon for Patreon. And then that video will go on YouTube eventually when the regular episode releases. Patreon subscribers get the audio version whenever it's ready and the video version whenever that's ready. So I just have to get those ready. And when it's ready, it goes out immediately. I don't wait for that at all. And then I think we're at about a two-week lead time. We skipped an episode last week. We were at three ahead. Now we're only about two ahead, so we're two weeks ahead. If you're not a subscriber, then you have to wait two weeks. Not a big deal. Two We'd- whole weeks. I think it's a huge deal, and everybody should sign up for Patreon, especially now that we're doing our live videos. Yeah, you should all, sub- you know, all sign up, subscribe. Everyone. Support the show. We really appreciate it. It helps mm-hmm. do things like video. <laughs> Maybe get me an external camera for my Chromebook. Yeah, all this stuff is costly. So anyways, let's get to the Betts Mystery Sphere. Let's. I want to talk a little bit about the Betts family just briefly. There's actually not a lot of information available out there. And I think part of the reason is they just weren't interested in publicity after this whole incident. That is very true. So the Betts family was involved in the discovery of the sphere, and the family we know of consisted of Terry Betts, his wife, Gary Betts, and their son, Terry Jr. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Terry married Gary. Was that on purpose? No, no, the the Jerry is the mother's name. I know, but still, Terry, Jerry, and Terry Jr. And then, no, I thought the father's name was like uh, Anthony or something. Or Ann... Antoine. It's in my notes. It's Antoine. You're right. Yeah. Antoine. Antoine. Yeah. Okay. And I guess uh, the the wife, Jerry, was an artist. She was also like an entrepreneur. She had like some trucking companies. The father, Antoine, was a marine engineer, and he actually traveled around on ships doing engineering sorts of tasks. And their eldest son, Terry, was 21. He was a medical student, so he was studying to be a doctor. And in addition to that, they had five other children total. 
and they were pretty well to do. They actually lived in a mansion and the kids called it their castle. It was on 88 acres and the trees there were used for lumber or timber. So they were, you know, respectable, fin financially secure family. And they lived on uh, the area of George Island in Florida. And the event we're going to talk about today took place in spring of 1974. Yeah, I've seen a couple different, sorry, I'm trying to, I have a cryptid down here who keeps asking to come up, and every time I go to grab him, he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you see me, like, dipping off screen here if you're watching the video version of this. Come here, come here, little cryptid. And there he goes again. There he goes again. Right. He wants something. I think he wants a T-R-E-A-T. It's way too early for their T-R-E-A-T. <laughs> yes, the Betts family was... Uh, they lived in an area called Fort George Island, which is an island off of the coast of Florida near Jacksonville. I guess there was also some sort of naval base nearby. Yeah, there was. We'll, so that's important for later on. Yeah, we'll mention that later on for sure. All right. So on March 26, I found a couple of different dates, but I did too. March 26, I think, is, you know, somewhere around that time. It's 1974. We'll just say 1974. So 1974, at some point, the family, or at least the father, mother, and one of the sons, the eldest son, a 21-year-old Terry, who was apparently a pre-med student, they went out to inspect some fire damage on some of their land. They wanted to see what happened, what caused it. You know, just what was going, your stuff's burning down. You're going to want to check it out to see what's happening. I guess the fire had gone out at that point. Um it was about a mile away from the house, and there was no way to get there. Like, there were no roads. And the area they were going to go to to check out the fire was full of tree stumps. So, it wasn't like a wooded area. Right, yeah. And they're, they're not jumping in the middle of a fire either. No. They're just investigating damage after the fact. And I also read that they are trying to look for the cause of the fire. Okay. Probably something that's also important. So they go out there, they're, you know, poking around, looking at the ashes or whatnot, and Terry Betts notices a large metal sphere on the ground near the fire area. He goes to pick it up, and it's surprisingly heavy. It was later weighed to be about 21 pounds, I believe. I forget the exact weight. It's like but 21 point something. Yeah, 21's close enough. So he picks it up, and it's, it's about 8 inches across. Like, it, a, like a bowling ball. Yeah, about the size of a bowling ball and much heavier than a bowling ball. So he's a little surprised at it, and he says, well, this is kind of weird and cool. I'll take it home. What the heck? Why not? His parents at the time didn't seem as interested in the object. Now, I, I can totally see this as something happening to you, like we're out somewhere hiking with Agent Redacted. And you stumble upon this metal sphere and you're like, I'm going to take it home. And we get in a huge argument because we really don't have any space in our tiny little Northern California house for anything else. Like anything at all. <laughs> it's not that tiny. <laughs> for four people with hobbies, it is though. <laughs> we did actually go hiking a couple weeks ago when we were looking for that ghost town. And we did find, can you guess what? A sphere. No. Oh. Railroad spike. Oh, that's right. Did you bring it home? Of course I brought it home. Is it in Agent Redacted's room? No, it's in the garage. Okay. Good place for it. I'm not sure what to do with it, but... Is uh, it a tetanus hazard? Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. So anyways, 
Terry takes the ball home because he thinks it's kind of cool, souvenir, whatever, you know. It One important detail that he notices about it is that it doesn't have any seams or any welds or anything. The surface is completely smooth. And he also notices a tiny triangle on there, like three millimeters across or so. Um, I'm not sure how accurate that detail is. I only found it on one source, so take it with a grain of salt. But it did have scratches and things, so a little triangle could just be a little dent or something that just so happens to be a triangle. Three millimeters is pretty small. I found that kind of interesting that there's all this talk about it being smooth and seamless, but it's scratched up. That's yeah. very interesting to me. Well, it is metal. Metal scratches. Or is it? Or is it? Yeah, we'll get to that. So he takes it home as a souvenir and he puts it on his window seat or a seat by a window. I'm not sure. And there it remained for a couple of weeks doing absolutely nothing and being completely uninteresting. Although, I don't know, if you go to somebody's house and they have a big metal ball hanging out, that's kind of weird, right? You'd probably want to go over and pet it, tap it a little bit, see what happens. You know what this reminds me of is that Doctor Who episode where they have the year of the slow invasion of the cubes. Do you remember that at all? No. And what happens is out of nowhere, people wake up and there's millions of these little blue cubes everywhere, just all oh, around the world. Right. And they just sit there for about a year and then shenanigans ensue. But in the meantime, like people are using them as, as paperweights and they're just out in the street, they're in the trash, they're in people's homes, they're not doing anything. And that's kind of what this reminded me of at first. Um, I'd never heard of it before, so I was having expecting it to like ex explode or start emitting like light and be like some sort of healing ball. Like I had no idea where this was going when I first started researching it. Hmm. Yeah, this is a it's a fun it's a really fun story. Whether or not you believe it is something else, but. Either way, it's a fun story, I think. All right, so it sat there for a couple of weeks until one day, Terry's friend came over, and I found a name for this friend, but again, only one source, so I'm going to omit that because I'm not sure how accurate it is. Terry and his friend, they were sitting around, chilling, practicing guitar, and Terry noticed that he started to hear a sound when he played a certain set of notes or certain notes or chords, and he started looking around the room thinking, huh, that's weird, and he noticed it was coming from the orb. He goes over to the orb and he plays guitar at it and it actually makes the orb resonate. And the louder he plays, the louder the orb resonates. He thought that was kind of weird. So he took the sphere outside or well, outside the room to show his parents. He put it on the floor in front of them about to demonstrate with his guitar, you know, the, the resonance. And the sphere started to move all by itself. So creepy. So he didn't roll it. He didn't throw it. He just placed it down. Remember, it's a 20-pound sphere. He just puts it on the floor and then steps back, and it just starts rolling. Right. So the, the first time I read that, I was like, well, maybe there's an incline in the house. Maybe there was a little bit of momentum when he put it down, but it gets weirder. Yeah. It, it doesn't just roll in a straight line. It rolls and then makes a turn, and then rolls back, forth, left, right, whatever. And it usually when this happens, whoever places it on the ground, it tends to roll back to wherever they placed it. But overall, the movement sounds pretty inconsistent. Like, there's not much pattern to it. 
Right. And, but if there was like a groove in the floor or if the floor was tilted a certain way to make it roll, it would just go one direction and then stop. Right. But it didn't do that. It rolled back and forth and left and right and all that stuff. The sphere, as they examined it further and, you know, played with it, basically, let's be real. <laughs> they were playing with it because why wouldn't you? No, they were experimenting. Oh, they were experimenting. Sure. Scientific method. It exhibited other strange behaviors that they noticed. So sometimes it would just be sitting there and it would move all by itself without anybody touching it or placing it. It would just start moving around almost as if it had a mind of its own. I remember they they hit it with a hammer because why not? Yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, like that sounds safe. And it made a ringing sound. But you might expect metal to make a ringing sound when you hit it with a hammer. But Terry was later quoted as saying that it vibrated like a tuning fork. Yeah, and that's how they described it, too, when he was playing guitar, Mm -hmm. is that it vibrated like a tuning fork. It also tended to bother their pet poodle. Like, he would whine like he could hear, like, a higher resonance, like a dog whistle or something. Yeah, that's another, and the the dog did not like this thing at all. No. There's one anecdote, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but there's one anecdote where they took the dog and put it next to the sphere for a photographer, just as kind of like a frame of reference, just to see how big it was, you know, in the photograph to have something to compare it to. And the dog did not like that at all, apparently. Poor doggy. Yeah, poor little doggy. Jerry, the mother, said that when she picked it up, it felt like it was trying to get away or moving around like it was a Mexican jumping bean, like there's something inside of it moving. Kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be playing with that. Um, let's see. I think we talked okay, we talked about the changing of directions. So we got to skip ahead a little bit there. Although, oh yes, for the duration. Sometimes it would roll around for a few minutes, a few seconds, and one time it rolled around for over 10 minutes. So the time was different each time. It wasn't always the same. What about when they took it outside in the sun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Sometimes it vibrated with a low frequency or a a hum, kind of like there was a motor inside, they said. And it tended to do this when they took it outside in the sun, as Eugene Ether was just saying. On cloudy days, it was quiet. It didn't seem to move as much on cloudy days. But I didn't read that. That's really interesting. Kind of like it was solar powered or something. Yeah, kind of like it's solar powered. It's weird. But on sunny days, it moved a lot, or, you know, more than it did on cloudy days at the very least. (laughs) And one time they brought it into the sunlight, and they noticed that it heated up, it got warm. And when they brought it into the house, it stayed warm for three days. That sounds almost biblical, doesn't it? I don't know. It sounds weird is what it sounds like. It sounds like you ought not be playing with this thing. (laughs) Hands off the mystery sphere, people. Who knows what? What is that? Radiation? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely radiation. That's of some a kind. good point. I might be a little nervous about playing with this mysterious orb if I didn't know its origins and it's it's has all these strange properties. It might yeah. make me, you know, think that maybe I need a outside opinion. Turn it over to the authorities ASAP, people. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So we talked about the pet. Oh, did you see the where if sometimes somebody would pick it up, put it down on the floor, and it would follow that person around? No. That's kind of creepy. See, I think they should just get rid of it at this point. I know. It's following people around? No good. No good. Once they placed it on a table, the table had a glass top by some reports, and it would roll around the surface of the table 
but not fall off the edge. It'd roll around the perimeter, and then it would go back to the middle of the table, almost like it was measuring the table or something, right? It's weird. Yeah. And, and then I, I read they, they like inclined the table. Yes. And it wouldn't fall off. Well, not only that, they inclined it and it rolled up the incline. No. You know, that reminds me of, what is it, the uh, mystery spot? Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't been, but I went to the one in Knott's Berry Farm when they used to have that, almost the same thing. The mystery spot in, uh, we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, we had an episode when I, I did like a bonus episode. San Jose, right? All right, let's see. So at some point, it kept rolling around and causing shenanigans. So they just put it in, uh, depending on where you look. <laughs> Again, the, one, of the, the, one of the problems with this case is that it's really hard to find primary sources. So you have to find secondary or even thirdary, tertiary, what do you call that? I don't know. So third-hand, second-hand, third-hand sources, unfortunately. There's not really first-hand stuff that's that easy to find. But... They did put it in either like a bowling bowling ball bag or box or something. So they, they didn't let it out on the loose because it was freaking them out. So they locked it up, put it away just to keep it out of the way, I guess. Maybe so it doesn't terrorize their poor little dog. At some point, they wanted help figuring it out. So they contacted the local newspaper. A photographer from the St. Petersburg Time came over to take pictures he was skeptical at first, and you can only imagine, right? They tell the newspaper, they say, hey, you're never going to believe this. We've got a ball that moves all by itself. <laughs> Send somebody over. Take a look. It actually doesn't sound that exciting either. Like, yeah. if you just had somebody call in and they were telling you about this, I'm surprised they even sent out a reporter. I know. Well, they, from what I saw, they didn't send a reporter, just a photographer. So, I don't think they were taking it that seriously either. And they, so they send out the photographer. It's probably a slow day in the news. And they they figured, well, what the heck? We got nothing else to report on anyways. Why don't you go out there? And, and the reporters probably thought, well, crap. <laughs> Maybe a politician will do something or, you know, something newsworthy. I'm wasting my time here is probably what he was thinking. But the reporter got to the house or photographer. And Jerry supposedly told him something like, you're not going to believe this. You have to see it for yourself. So she takes him in and shows it to him, and the ball moves, does its thing, moves by itself, and convinces the photographer that it's real. Totally wins him over from skeptic to believer, at least in the sphere. Now, I actually heard in a later interview, the Betts family said they did not contact the media at all, and it was like a family friend who kind of mm -hmm. spilled the beans. And then after that, they were getting calls from like local radio stations and stuff as well as yeah. being contacted by the newspaper. So that's kind of interesting. Did they contact the newspaper or did the newspaper contact them? That would make sense because later on, they got so fed up with everybody bothering them over this. Uh, but one report I saw said that they actually moved. Moved away. <laughs> because people yeah. wouldn't stop bothering them. They wanted the quiet life after all this was over. Yeah. And apparently their house there where they used to live, the Betts Castle, it kind of looks like a castle the way they designed it, you know? It's a freaking mansion is what it is. It's a big house, but it's it's abandoned. Nobody lives there wow, anymore. Wow, that's yeah. too bad. It looked like a beautiful area. It, absolutely beautiful, but it's also a very remote area. That's true. That's it's not true. close to anything. I mean, probably grocery stores are an hour drive away. Who knows? They wanted to live there so they could have peace and quiet, but it might be a little too peaceful for a lot of people. 
Sure, sure. I mean, it's Florida. How far from Miami is that? You got to get your cocaine somehow, right? Uh, Miami. Don't, don't cancel me, YouTube. <laughs> I'm talking about the Betzes, not me. <laughs> I don't live in, I've never been to Florida. All right. So, yeah, like you're saying, other reporters and newspapers contacted them. The story went national and even international. And at some point, they did send camera crews to the house to film it. And there's photographs and there's video was apparently taken. I was not able to find that video anywhere. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It was just a little too long ago. Yeah, it probably was not archived anywhere. Mm -hmm. I did see on uh, Ancient Aliens had a little clip on this. (laughs) And... They had a little clip of what looked like the Beth Sphere moving around, but I think it might have been a recreation. I'm not sure that that was actual archival footage, but who knows? You know, maybe it was. I don't know. But it looks pretty cool either way. So go check that out if you want to see what it might have looked like rolling around. Like a ball rolling around. Yeah, (laughs) pretty exciting (laughs) stuff, right, guys? (laughs) I don't know. They also said that um, if they put like, a little paper clip on the ball, it would stick. Yeah. But then you could easily remove it. Right. It but was if, magnetic. Yeah. But if the ball had been really, really active, something like a mayonnaise lid would stick to it and then it would be really hard to remove. So the magnetic properties change depending on how active it was. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it's pretty weird. We'll get to the magnetic stuff in a little bit. Uh, So, the government found out about this through probably seeing media reports, and they wanted to get their hands on it. At first, the Betts family said, nah, we're going to keep it. The military somehow convinced them, probably told them, hey, this could be a weapon, guys. Or something that might explode. Because they talked about thinking maybe it was like a cannonball or some sort of like Sputnik, like uh, space debris that had fallen Satellite. out of the sky. Yeah, you just yeah. you don't know what it is. So maybe they convinced them it was dangerous. Well, and if they heard that it was like a satellite or something like that, and it did sort of look like Sputnik, I guess, although probably smaller, then they would have seen that and they would have th- thought, okay, double check, see if it's one of ours. And they probably double checked and they said, nope, not one of ours. All right, we better check this thing out just to be sure, just in case, because you never know, you know. It is possible that uh, some technology from another nation could fall onto our land, and they would definitely want to get their hands on that to check it out. So they did. But Jerry made them sign a contract basically saying, if it's not yours, if it's not an American military or government type deal, then you have to give it back to us. Because she was worried they were just going to take it. And you have this fascinating object that they wanted to keep their hands on. They didn't want to just hand it over and have it disappear, as evidence so often does with these sorts of cases. If you've listened to this show before, you know that pretty much every single time evidence is handed over to the military, it's either altered or destroyed. I mean, 100% of the time, just about. So they handed it over, and the military decided to do some testing on it. They probably didn't say everything that they did, but they determined that the material it was made out of was stainless steel, And that it could hold, I think, let me see, I have my notes. I think it was 120,000 pounds of pressure it could withstand. And what if they just squished it, you know? Like, (laughs) whoops, sorry, guys. (laughs) Didn't mean to do that. Here's your your, uh, pancake. Pancake, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it could withstand high heat, apparently. I didn't see exactly what temperature. And they said 
that, oh, I have a measurement here. It measured exactly 7.96 inches in diameter. And they also found that it had four magnetic poles, two positive and two negative. And those poles, the, the configuration of the poles is not concentric. That's a quote I found. I guess that means they ain't lined up like you'd expect them to be on a magnet, suggesting some sort of internal mechanism of who knows what. I don't know. They also determined that it had no welds or seams. They tried to take an, they said that they tried to take an x-ray this of it. This part's kind of weird. Yeah. They said, well, we couldn't get the x-ray to work. It just wouldn't do it or whatever. But when they returned the sphere two weeks later, they returned it with an envelope with an x-ray in it. You can look that x-ray up online. It's readily available. Yeah. You can find plenty of websites that have analyzed it and done image processing to try to see stuff in there a little better. But basically, the x-ray shows the sphere, but there's also three points in the middle of it that are spaced fairly equally. Some people say that they're equally spaced. They don't look equal to me. They look fairly equal. And around those points, there are what could be wires or filaments of some kind. And there's one bigger filament going towards, like the I guess, the 5 o'clock position. And the three points in the middle... Um, dots, spheres, I don't know. One of them looks kind of like a blob, almost like it exploded or something. It's kind of weird looking. Did you see the... No, you'll have to send me it later. I'm very curious to see okay. what I that mean, looks like. And I also, you know, when you said that the military said there were no x-rays, but then they returned x-rays, I'm wondering if it was an accident. Like maybe yeah. somebody screwed up somewhere. Yeah, they probably said, okay, return this to the Betses, and they just so happen to leave that x-ray. Like, Oops, that is classified. Yeah, x-ray negative right there laying next to it. And they're like, uh, the courier is like, all right, well, cool. We'll just take this as well. But yeah, you could actually, you could probably just open a new tab and search for it right now on your... Okay, you talk, yeah. I search. Blah, 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 blah. No, blah, not blah. like that. <laughs> so they, they got their mysterious x-rays. And it looks like there are three things in the middle. One of them looks like splatted, as I was saying. And that's pretty much it. The x-rays that you can find online are kind of wrinkly and hard to decipher. X-rays are hard to decipher anyways, but these ones also oh, hard to that. decipher. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Do you yeah. see the filaments? I do. Do look you see the that. one coming from the blob going to like the five o'clock position? Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. It's weird. Could be anything. And then you can see spots and stuff on there, but um, those are supposed to be like dirt and scratches and things. Okay. Now, they some people say that because that showed up through the steel, then that whatever material that is in the middle that's causing those three dots is probably denser than steel. After the Navy, some point after the Navy gave it back, they, it was also investigated by a guy named Dr. Carl Wilson. There's multiple spellings of this name, again, depending on your source, of the Omega-1 Research Group. They, he asked to take a look at it, so they let him inspect it for, I think it was six hours. He took a look, and he determined that it was emitting radio waves. And that's really interesting. We've talked before about SETI life on other planets, and how we're out there looking specifically for radio waves. Right. Because they're kind of the basis of primitive 
life. Like once we reach a technological state, most planets are going to have some evidence of radio transmissions. Yeah. So is are the radio waves a consequence of something else? There are natural ra- radio waves. They do occur naturally and they don't they don't have any information encoded. They would just sound like noise if you flipped on your radio. Are they a form of communication? Is whatever it is trying to send out a signal? We don't know. As far as I could find, those radio waves were not recorded anywhere, unfortunately. Too bad, because if you could find a specific encoding method, that would pretty much pin it down as being terrestrial. You know, because you could imagine that if it was an alien object, they would probably not use the same encoding that we would. And speaking of aliens, I just noticed your shirt. (laughs) I love it. Yep. I had to put on something for the show. I remember we were out walking once and he was wearing some sort of alien shirt. It might have been that one. It might have been a different one because he has many. No, this is my only alien. Is it your only one? Mm -hmm. I'll have to get you more. So we're out walking and I was wearing a new top and I felt very pretty. We're like going to dinner or something and we're walking by and some lady's like, I like your shirt. And I was like, thanks. And then I, I was realized. Like, I was like, thanks. <laughs> and then I realized she was talking to him, though. She wasn't Maybe. talking to me. I don't know. I'm not sure because somebody, another lady complimented your shirt the same evening. We don't. We'll never know. It's a mystery. What? If you have tuned in and you are <laughs> that lady, please let us know who you were one talking of, to. One of life's mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as how this is our first YouTube video, I think it's very unlikely that that lady will tune in. But hey, you never know. Maybe we'll get some clicks and go viral, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You never know. We should start giving crap away like Mr. Beast, you know? I'll give away my mouse pad if you uh, do stuff for this I don't even know who that is. You don't know who Mr. Beast is? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's like the most famous YouTuber there is. He gets like billions of views apparently, and he gives crap away. By crap, I don't mean like cars, like Oprah. Oprah's poor. No, he gives away like a lot of stuff, like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. So you tune in and you get stuff? I don't know. I've never seen his stuff. Huh? <laughs> I just, you go to the grocery store. He has candy bars in the grocery store now. He's pretty famous. I don't know who he is. I don't really know either, but I've heard of him. All right. So the, the Omega Group and Dr. Carl Wilson investigated the thing. They found that it was emitting radio waves. And he said that it had a coating of an unknown element over the steel. What that is, I don't know. What equipment did he bring with him? Don't know. But that's just what he said. Upon later investigation, though, so one thing just to know about the the mother, Jerry, spelled with a G, I think G-E-R-R-I, I think, she was not your typical person or housewife or whatever. She was, by all accounts, extremely intelligent. She was an entrepreneur. And if you look her up online, most accounts will say, oh, she's just an artist or something. She's still around and she has a webpage where, you know, she has art. I guess you can look at it. And does not mention the sphere at no. all. Yeah. But at this time, she was taking on businesses. She would be like fixing up mechanical things. She was a real go-getter and really intelligent. So she looked up this group, investigated them a little bit, and it turns out that neither Carl Wilson or the Omega One Research Group appear to exist at all. They appear to be completely made up. So what does that mean? 
kind of weird. I don't know. Now, did they come to her house to run these tests? Or I believe so, yeah. Okay, because it didn't make sense to me when I was reading it initially. I was trying to figure out if this person didn't exist, you think they just would have stolen the sphere. Right, yeah. Okay, so they came to her house. Yeah, the only time she lent out the sphere or the family lent out would the be sphere later. was the Navy. Yeah. No, earlier for the Navy. Okay. The Navy took it for about two weeks. So, yeah, they investigated, and there, she thought that maybe they were a foreign agent or a foreign government trying to investigate the sphere, posing as a research group. Plausible explanation? Maybe it could be anything, really. Who knows? Journalist? I don't know. But if it was a journalist, they would have published, I guess. J. Allen Hynek saw it in the news and requested that they mail it to him. However, they were reluctant to send it through the mail because it could very easily be lost damaged, stolen, or whatever. That is a strange request. It's not unusual. He Remember, he worked for Project Blue Book. Yeah, but if there's any validity to their claims, I feel like, why would you have them send it through the mail? Well, because I don't think he believed there was anything to it. He well, then wanted, why would he want it at all? Just to take a look, just in case. It, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it is a weird one, for sure. But yeah, what if it's radioactive? Yeah, just mail it. It's fine. <laughs> Through rain and snow and wind and radiation, apparently. <laughs> uh, later on, he would also be on the scientific panel. We'll get to that in a minute. So Apro told Miss, uh, she was in, you know, contact with all sorts of people. Apro told her, probably don't mail it. Uh, also, they mentioned to her, a $50,000 reward offered by the National Enquirer for positive proof that UFOs come from outer space and are not a natural phenomenon. That's how it was worded exactly, at least that I could find. The National Enquirer had a blue ribbon UFO panel in New Orleans, and it had actual scientists on it, like, uh, like J. Allen Hynek was on that panel. They didn't want to mail it, once again, but Terry decided to take it there himself, to drive it there. And they actually were not doing this for the money. They just wanted to know what it was. They wanted answers. Yeah, and they, the family was well-to-do. They had money. They didn't need money. They were already doing all, pretty good. Go look up a picture of their house, and you'll see what I mean. It's dilapidated now, but it would have been nice back in the day. <laughs> Dr. James A. Harder, that's James A. Harder. That sounds like a really good porn star name to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you and ETA, he's not here. No porn star names. Yeah, I'm just filling in for him. So James A. Har Dr. James Harder was consulting for APRO on the panel, and he noted that the x-rays should have looked differently than they saw on the x-ray negative. Um, he So he decided to interpret this the internal dots or spheres that were visible on the x-ray. And he said, like I said earlier, he said that they were probably denser than the steel and that it was probably a density of uh, atomic weight of 140. Which is crazy. How would he know that? I don't know. I don't know either. And it just seems so unlikely, you know, yeah. if you think about how heavy they can make artificial atoms, like elements. <laughs> not not 140. Not 140. I think the highest is like 118. So, <laughs> And back then, it probably wasn't even 118. 
And even if they do make 118, it only sticks around for a split second before it dissipates. It It's not stable. As well, far as I don't like, know. That means if you drill into the sphere, it'll explode for sure. Yeah, that's what Dr. Harder said. He said, okay, guys, don't drill into this because if this is a super dense material, then it could be stabilized in there somehow. And if you drill into it, it could go nuclear. It could melt down. It could explode. We don't know. So it is interesting to think about, but it feels kind of science fiction-y. Yeah, his, his ideas were a little weird. You'd have to know exactly like what strength of the x-ray was used in order to get that image. And I don't know. It seems like you wouldn't be able to just look at the x-ray negative and say, yeah, that's element 140. <laughs> I don't know. This part of it's kind of weird. I'm not sure I really, I really buy Dr. Harder's explanations, but who knows? So it did not win the $50,000 award, but it was scrutinized by scientists, and that was a step forward or a step back, as we'll talk about in a minute. Nobody really knows what this thing was. There are theories and ideas. For example, an industrial valve check ball. Check well, valve ball check. That would definitely be a skeptical explanation. Right. But it looks like they do have industrial valves that are very large, and they do use balls similar to this to uh, to kind of close those off. It's just a, a ball valve. It's a simple valve. They use them all over the place. So that's one idea. I mean, you know, I guess it's possible, although I'm, I'm not sure that those industrial balls roll around by themselves. By themselves and don't fall off tables and go have, up have in inclines. And four asymmetrical magnetic poles and all this other stuff. <laughs> so I don't know about that, but that's one idea. Uh, a time and tide marker, I guess, and maritime or naval stuff, they will use these things that float on the surface of the water and sort of give off signals. That could explain the radio waves, but uh, this is too dense to float, so it would just sink to the bottom, which would be a sea bottom marker, which is another idea. And if it was, if that's what it was, the Navy probably wouldn't want to admit what it was. But if it was, they wouldn't have given it back. So those ideas don't really pan out. You know, they would have just kept it from from them in the first place. They would have said, yep, it's ours. You can't have it. Uh, I'm surprised they gave it back at all, even though it wasn't theirs. And they signed a contract. I was actually really surprised it was returned. I was surprised as well. And like you're saying, the only explanation for that is that it was probably a mistake. Yeah. Somebody probably said, okay, well, we're done with that ball. Go put it where, you know, go put it over there. And they probably, some, you know, some people are saying, uh, you know, put that over there instead of put the pencil on the table. And then put that over there could mean literally anything. So maybe it was one of those people who are not specific with their instructions. You know, put this on the side. You know, side of what? The the wall? I don't know. So maybe it was just a miscommunication. I don't know. But yeah, that's one thing that I thought was extremely strange that they actually gave it back in the first place. It was found about five miles from the nearest water. So it probably wasn't a water thingy anyways. How would it get out there? The wind's not going to blow it. Maybe it crawled all the way out there from the water. I don't I don't know. Some people think that it's an alien probe or listening device or observation device of some kind. That's, you know, one of the fun theories. We don't have a whole lot of evidence for that, but it's still fun to think about. Some people say that it's a Foo Fighter because it does bear some resemblance to the Foo Fighters. We did an episode on that, so if you're not sure, go check it out. It's on our audio-only feed. We didn't do that on a video format. There was a local paper mill that said they used balls that were similar to that. What is a paper mill? 
paper mill do with giant steel balls? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but they said they had them. Maybe it's for pressing the papers or something. Uh, who knows? But apparently, from what I read, the balls at the paper mill are not the same size or weight as the bet's sphere. There was one gentleman, an artist, who said that he was collecting scrap metal and he had big bearings, uh, steel bearings like this, on top of his VW bus and he was driving them home to, I I don't know, weld them together, whatever he was going to do with them. And some of them fell off while he was driving and he drove near this area or through this area, perhaps, I'm not sure. But the, the ball wasn't found like on the side of a road. It was kind of far from a road. So that's, you know, check mark number one against this theory. Another problem with this theory is that the balls he was carrying all had drill holes in them. The bet sphere did not. So it maybe, I don't know, this one doesn't really seem to line up either. And as we mentioned already, satellite, space debris, or a weapon of some kind. Cannonball? Cannonball, perhaps, yeah. That's... Those are sort of some of the ideas that have been proposed, but at the end of the day, we really don't know what it was. They asked NASA to investigate it, but they declined. They said, nope. (laughs) Not interested. (laughs) We're real scientists over here. Yeah, exactly. At one point, a group of men came to their house saying that they were scientists and offered the Betts family $750,000. Or $4 million. Or, or yeah, or, in today's or, monies. I mean, four million. You probably saw a blog post from like three weeks ago, so it's probably ten million by now. <laughs> <laughs> this inflation we got, holy cow! Yeah, so they offered him a butt ton of money, but Jerry didn't really think they were being genuine. She thought there was some shenanigans involved. What that was, I don't know. Probably they weren't going to hand over cash. Probably would have been a bad check or something. I don't know. Her spidey senses were tingling. So she said, we don't even have that here. It's not here. You guys are going to have to leave. So they left without the sphere. And, you know, that just goes to show you that they probably had, they were probably pretty loaded if they were turning down $4 million. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) I would be pretty interested in that. And also, who the hell is going to offer $4 million for like a metal sphere, right? I could get a metal sphere for a lot less than that, I'm sure. So I don't know. That little thing is just kind of weird. And it, it was probably somebody up to some shenanigans, maybe a private collector. Foreign government. Maybe a foreign government. Maybe our government. You know, there's something like, sounds like something the CIA might do. I don't know. But it seems definitely a little on the strange side. Now, the little epilogue, unfortunate epilogue to the story is that while Terry was at the National Enquirer panel having his sphere examined. <laughs> Where's ETA when you need him? <laughs> um, he got a call. Somebody called him and said, hey, dude, your mom's in trouble. So he flies home. He rushes home. He didn't have the sphere on him. They were examining the sphere at that time. And he's, you know, if, if your family member is in trouble, you're probably not all that concerned about a stupid sphere. You want to get home, you know? So he flies home without the sphere. When he gets home, his mom's fine. She's like, yeah, what are you doing here, dude? I'm, I'm cool. I, I don't know. I'm not, not in the hospital. So it was some kind of hoax or something, right? Pretty weird. He flies back to New Orleans. And when he gets there, he's told that he cannot have his sphere because they don't have it. It's not there anymore. So he's, he doesn't just take that sitting down. He gets upset. He starts yelling at people, probably throwing chairs, you know, 
I don't think he did. Smashing chairs over people's head like a pro wrestling event or something. I'm sure there's a suplex in there somewhere. So eventually they say, okay, okay, look, they're still examining it. It's over there. So he goes to where it's supposed to be, where they're supposed to be examining it. And they have some Navy officials cock blocking him to get in there to look at his fear. He can't get in. The military is stopping him, apparently. So one thing leads to another. He eventually gets the sphere back. It takes a little while. Um, again, check your sources. There's different descriptions. But it takes a little while to get the sphere back. And when he does, he notices it doesn't look like his sphere. He can see a welding seam as if it had a cut in it that had been welded back together. Either they cut his sphere and checked inside, or it's an entirely different sphere. They did the normal thing, played with it, tested it, and it no longer rolled by itself. It no longer resonated. It no longer exhibited any of the special characteristics that it had previously. And they even had it x-rayed again. And the x-ray turned out different than the first one that had been done. So it looks like they did the old switcheroo on the sphere. Yes, it does. Or they chopped it open and took out the guts and whatever was in there causing this to happen is in their pro is I don't see why they would do that though. They would just swap it out for, you know, a bearing or something or a ball valve. I don't think they'd go through the effort of all that. They'd probably want to keep the whole thing. So, I mean, that's pretty much the whole story. Unfortunately, we don't know where the Betts sphere is now. The original one seems to have been stolen by the military or this occurred to me. What if, the Betts family just said that it had been stolen because they wanted to be left alone. <laughs> like, we want our sphere yeah. and we want our cake. They said that people were calling them day and night asking about the sphere. Like, people would call from the East Coast or from the West Coast. People would call either too early or too late and wake them up. And it was a nightmare for them, apparently. So maybe. Yeah, I guess their family even had trouble getting through. Like, their lines were constantly tied up. Yeah, and like people would follow them around and harass them and show stuff. up to their property. Yeah, exactly. So it occurred to me, what if they really did get this fear back, but they just lied and said, you know what, this one's different, guys. Sorry. Or maybe they they went out and bought an actual industrial, you know, ball uh, bearing or something like that of some kind, and they had that one X-rayed just as a distraction, and they still have the bet sphere somewhere in a basement. Who knows? It's a real mystery. Or maybe it's with all those other artifacts, like the Indiana Jones warehouse. Yeah, Warehouse 13, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much the Betts Sphere story. There's some more details, but, um, you know, you can listen to the longer podcast for that one. We we try to keep it to about an hour. We're a little under that, but that's all right. Sometimes it's a little shorter. Besides, it took us over an hour to get ready for the show. I know, because oh, so. I'm trying to do... I'm trying to set up the live stream so that Agent ETA could join. I don't know where he is. He didn't show up. He didn't he's text me. He's been sick. Yeah, he's been sick, so he might still be asleep. But I'm trying to set it up to where I can do a live stream, and I want to do it uh, through Patreon right now because our Patreon subscribers are paying for early access. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And I don't want to give early access to everybody because that's a Patreon benefit. That might change in the future. I don't know. But for now, that's what it is. So I'm doing it um, through through a website, through YouTube, and through um, through Patreon. And then the the YouTube link is unlisted, so that you have to have that link to watch it. It's not a public video yet. 
And it was uh, kind of a hassle to set up. And I'm not really good at all this stuff. It's a real learning curve, but we'll get it, you know. We'll, Do you think it'll be easier next time? Yeah, it'll be easier next time. And we will get it refined over time. We'll figure it out. We'll, you know, get Agent Ether to look less like Minecraft and more like an actual person next time, hopefully. <laughs> Is it really that bad? <laughs> it's really bad. You you oh. should, uh, well, let me, I don't know. You can't get up because then you won't be able to. I'll take a picture with my phone. Okay. Of the, of your yeah, of what you look like. Oh, no. Do I look terrible? Let me see. Oh, that's horrific. It looks, it looks much better on my Chromebook. It looks really bad. I hope it looks better for people watching remotely. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know, but <laughs> it looks like you can kind of tell there's a person there. But Well, maybe I want to be anonymous. Yeah, well, you, you got to like distort my voice too. You pretty much are anonymous at this point. Now I'm yeah. pissed because I put on makeup. I <laughs> did my hair. <laughs> she looks great, guys. Trust me. Uh, apparently, right. I look like a blob. <laughs> well, what do you think about the Beth Sphere? I think it's a really fun story. What do you think, Agent Ether? I found it really interesting. At first, I just read the Wikipedia page and I was like, why are we doing an episode on a ball bearing? But then the more I looked into it, the more I was like, well, there's more to this story. This is mm. really cool. I want to hear more. And then the disappointment of knowing that it would probably have been probably been swapped out. It was really too bad. Yeah. Yeah, this one, it's very compelling to me, and I really wish we had some of that footage from the camera crews, but that footage did exist at one point. We do have other people outside of the family who witnessed the strange behavior, and we have multiple scientists who looked at this thing, examined it, and could not figure out what it is. So, I don't know. Unless we can, unless it reemerges and we can examine it again, uh, I, probably I'll stay on the fence about this one. But personally, I think this is a very compelling case, and I find it highly interesting. Ditto. All right. Well, I guess that's about all we got for you this time around on the Bet Sphere. Check us out next time. If you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by suggesting the show to your friends, leaving a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we're on YouTube now, I guess. So do the things as a bell or a thumbs. <laughs> Thumbs and likes and all that. Oh yeah. my God, we are all old. That, all that good stuff. Well, we I don't go on YouTube ever. All right, guys. Until all next right. time. We're on YouTube now, so keep it strange. I'll go on there now. Yeah, keep, keep it, it strange. strange. Keep it strange. Bye. <laughs>